It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Hey, with an effective character, three guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Dennis. And James here. The opinions are our own without represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today we'll be sharing our experience on not fitting in. In this episode 128 of the Defective Characters podcast. Let's go. Woohoo. So I Poor know Dennis, Dennis. I always start whenever we start recording. Behind the scenes is I send an invitation and then the boys have to click on it and enter essentially the the broadcast that we do and Dennis, I think it's because the type of phone he has, he always beats you to the punch James. And I say, good morning. And he yells at me and says, I'm too loud. You're, you're like <laughs> abrasive. Like it's the first, it's like I put it to my ear and all of a sudden you're yelling at me like, good morning. And I'm like, ah, I'm not awake yet. So this is a question that I asked Dennis is if you could custom build an alarm clock, James, what would you want? The because you know, like back in the 80s, everybody's parents and everybody had like the same alarm clock that had a thick layer of dust and like look made the eh, 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 sound effect to like wake oh, you yeah. up. What yeah. would like what do you wake up to? Do you know the song that you're your phone? Oh, it wouldn't makes? be it wouldn't be a song, it would be Angry Donald Duck. I would love to wake up. <laughs> oh, Angry no, Donald. That's- that's so abrasive too <laughs> but it would be so funny it would get me I, smiling I, I would love like like uh, like yawns from people <laughs> and maybe maybe you could do celebrity yawns so that way you could pick like your favorite so if you wanted Jennifer Lawrence yawning to wake you up <laughs> you know? there's probably a market in that or your generation's Jennifer Lawrence like Faye Dunaway you know, maybe. <laughs> how old do you think we are? <laughs> <laughs> so, who would who would be a good yawn that you guys would select if you could have a famous famous yawn? Yoda. 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 Yeah. Yo, who love the, yeah. Who doesn't love a Yoda yawn? How about like Samuel Jackson? It'll just be like, oh, motherfucker, wake up. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. Yeah. No. My yeah. bad. Honestly, we haven't we haven't cursed in a while. I I thought we maybe gave it up for uh, for the Chinese New Year, you know, because it's been been a lot less cursing. But I think it would be fun, you know. I'll try my best. Maybe maybe something we should put out. Maybe that could be my secret project. Oh, I guess it wouldn't be secret because I just told everybody that's what I'm doing. Uh, no one's listening. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> not true. Not true. We we just surpassed five thousand listens, so there is a wow. lot of people. That uh, that listen. Is that true? So. I haven't, I haven't heard the analytics in like over you, a year. Well, well, you guys, I mean, not for nothing. And there's a lot of people like Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio never watched their movies. You guys never listen to your podcasts. So. Well, that's true. Yeah. Though sometimes, though, sometimes I'll be listening to a podcast, and then 
after the podcast is done, it'll just automatically go to ours. And I'll be like, oh. and you're like, no. It'll be like one that I listened halfway through like a year ago. So I'll, I'll just listen to it. And it's like, oh, my microphone sounds so much better. Do you think it would what? screw you up? What? No. No, you, you just you've already experienced it. So you don't need to sit through it again. That's how I look at it, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's nice. Well, thanks for <laughs> the five. <laughs> no, it's it's good. James, how is everything? I, I you got the boys still, right? Yeah, they're uh sleeping now. That I I messaged you that I need to do a hard stop at like nine fifteen. Yeah. Um, because I got I have to in fifteen minutes wake them up, get them ready, get them out the door by nine thirty, so I can get to the haircut appointment by ten. And Dylan needs his haircut, and I need my haircut. And then after that, I promised them breakfast. Kind of little bribe. Yeah, where are you going for breakfast? I was thinking Cracker Barrel, but who knows? We I took them. Um, T Bird, me and the boys, we all went to. Um, Disney's Wilderness Lodge yesterday, and we ate at the Whispering Canyon. Oh, that place is fun. It was really fun. The The waiter we had, they're all, I guess, really obnoxious. And when they bring you something, they'll like, just throw it on the table. It's like, you need napkins <laughs> here. And they throw it up in the air. Look, fireworks. <laughs> yeah, I like the uh, the straws. Yeah, the straws that they do and the ketchup. They, well, they didn't do anything with the ketchup. What did they do to you? Uh, where, oh, you know what? They must have changed it. So was that the first time you'd been there? Yes. Okay. So what they often do is if you need ketchup, then they yell ketchup and everybody who has ketchup on their table grabs their ketchup and they bring it over to whatever table that they need it. So then you end up with like 15 ketchup bottles (laughs) at your table. So then whenever anybody says ketchup again, then that person has to take all the 15 bottles that they have and bring it to that next. I'm sure I'm busy tonight. They must not do that. I think it's because of the COVID. They probably stopped. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's true. That makes sense. They I think a, lo- a lot of places are, um, cause there are shortages of things. There's still, cause the, like they've changed up how they do everything. Yeah, there there was a a lady next to our table. She's like, "Oh, excuse me, I I didn't want ice in my water." He grabbed the cup and then proceeded to put his hand in there and take out all the ice. <laughs> oh and, and then he put it back on the table. It was everyone was laughing. I was. Oh, I would have loved to see that lady's face. <laughs> oh, like, I've I've wanted to do that so many times. <laughs> uh, she's like, she's like, where am I? Universal. oh my god Uh, that's fun 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 stuff well that's that's good that's a fun time that sounds like a a, a hoot nanny of a good time yeah what about dennis what how's everything everything's everything and nothing he was freaking out yesterday Uh why was i freaking out yesterday Something about a wallet being lost? Oh, no. Like, yeah. Uh, OpenSea, the biggest marketplace in NFTs, there was a hacking going on. 
So everyone was freaking out. And uh, basically, like, some people got, like, their wallets drained and all their NFTs stolen. And, you know, it probably it probably came out to, like, you know, several millions of dollars worth of stuff got drained out of people's wallets. Wow. So I text James, like, disconnect your wallet from OpenSea, like, just to be safe. But it turned out it was like a phishing attack of some kind, and like 32 people were affected to it. And it seems to be targeted because it was like people that had like really valuable stuff, like bored apes and stuff like that, that got drained. So we're safe now, but it's still like, it's just goes to show you how wild west that whole industry still is and stuff. But With, but, technolo- yeah. with technology like that, there's a lot that's wild west in a yeah in a well, it's, un, it's 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 unregulated in a lot of ways and it's developing it's brand new still and like so like one it's like new so all the bad actors in the world converge on it right so there's so many scams and everything because they're taking advantage of it and it's not decentralized so there's no like one party that's like regulating it or overseeing it or protecting it. It's a whole bunch of different parts. And a lot of it's like open source and worked on a bunch of different people. So it's, it's a lot of stuff. They still got to, the community as a whole has got to figure out which they are because every time something like this happens, the whole community, like artists, developers, project managers, all these people, uh, internet security people, they all converge on Twitter in the Twitter spaces and hold these like kind of town hall discussions. And they all discuss on, okay, what needs to be done to prevent this from happening? What happened? And it's like so informative and like, it's, it's really fascinating to see. It's almost like how you would imagine like Congress or the Senate used to work like where everyone work, work together to solve problems. It's very fascinating. But, but other than that, I had, I had an interview this past week, like on a small YouTube channel. They interviewed me. I'm completely doxing us, James, on what we're doing. <laughs> Not I don't really. know if you're. I don't know if you're okay with that, but um, this is all yeah. um, anonymous, anyways. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, like, I had an interview about mine and James's artwork, and it was like a just over an hour long. And I think I did pretty good at it. I don't know. James was supposed to listen to it, so he can judge it. Um, it, it was good. Yeah. Was- other than that, I've just been busy meeting people and met like found a whole bunch of more people in recovery that are in that like industry so it's pretty cool yeah other than that i saw my sister and my niece yesterday they just kind of surprised visited us so that was cool that's a thing that doesn't happen very much anymore the drop-in i feel like we're bringing yeah. it back like james dropped in and surprised uh surprised his family a couple what was that two months ago Yes. Yeah. And Dennis, you had it happen to you. Yeah. I like I like surprises. I don't think they happen enough. I think they, I think they gotta gotta happen more and more. It depends on what the surprise is. I like good surprises. <laughs> if someone like jumps out of the dark with a scary mask on, I don't like those kind of surprises. 
I don't know. I, I think anxiety builds when you know there's something coming up. Like sometimes. Well, there, there's a balance in that because like sometimes like if it's too much of a surprise, it can be like panic inducing at that moment. But like sometimes it's good to be prepared, have enough time to be mm-hmm. mentally prepare yourself but not enough time to like overthink that preparation. You know? So here's, here's what I would love. So say, say your uh, sister was going to come and spend the night and everything else. I'm the type of person, and this depends on what type of person you are. I would hate if I had family members coming because I would have to meticulously clean and everything else. And if it was a surprise, I'm like, well, this is what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah <laughs> this, is, this is your fault not mine. <laughs> you're already here deal with my mess i'll wipe down that table that's the best you can get <laughs> like mm-hmm. this so it kind of takes some of the takes some of the pressure off i don't know I yeah. think i'm gonna surprise the hell out of you guys coming up and yeah. me just telling you that might have ruined the surprise but you're not gonna know when i'm gonna come or yeah gonna now we're it. definitely gonna be nervous like waiting look for out it. look out if so did you corner, have any did you have any surprises this weekend or this week? Um, did I have any surprises? Uh, no, no. I would like. I would like to. Uh, to. I, I'm surprised that they're actually putting out good movies again. I feel like. Feel like I, I sent Ooh. you guys a trailer. I don't know, James. You probably didn't get a chance to see it of a movie that looks just god awful. Uh, oh my god! Yeah. With with the the rock band, the Foo Fighters. <laughs> are i i don't know it's like i don't know if i've seen another movie that has like it's a legitimate movie it's an hour and 48 minutes uh, mm-hmm. a horror movie about the band the foo fighters that are recording their next studio album and yeah. they decide to do it in a place that's haunted and and possessed and everything else by negative de- like evil demons and they have to fight them off and it looks it looks like Probably it's going to be like, I love the Foo Fighters, so I'll probably think it's funny, but I'll think unless you're a super fan, I don't think anybody else is going to think no. it's funny. I, I mean, probably it looks, will end up seeing it. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's going to be like, you know, a cheesy kind of funny thing, but you know, like a tongue in cheek. It's played but it's, in movie theaters. Like, yeah, is yeah, yeah. nothing else? Well, I mean, I think it's supposed to be just kind of a tongue in cheek, and they are super like they can sell like super they can sell out stadiums around the world, so they are superstars. So it makes sense. It's just the acting looks horrible. Like <laughs> it should. Their acting just looks so bad. Yeah. But, so I'm looking. For, uh, anyway, so I saw that, and um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm looking for things to entertain me the next month because the Olympics just ended. And I always get so sad whenever the Olympics, summer or winter, are done. Because then I'm like, oh, now after the Winter Olympics, there's no Olympics for like two and a half years. This is the way the seasons work. Yeah. So I still right. want to be in the Olympics one day. I don't know if that'll happen. <laughs> I mean, is there like a, a senior Olympics? There's got to be. Okay. You don't have if to be like that, Dennis. No, I'm just saying you could start training now, and then maybe you'll be good enough when you're 60 or more. So I'd have to go back to college and then sit through three years of college to become a senior and then try for the Olympics? <laughs> yeah. That's a that's, lot. That's the way it works. That's, that's a lot of work. Um, 
Yeah, well, the last thing I want to touch on, which is just some honesty, is a feeling that I had last night. And thankfully, I didn't open uh, open my mouth the way that I wanted to. Sometimes I, I get in situations. So uh, Olivia, my daughter, had a uh, speech therapist appointment. And I have been really insecure. Even though I love my apartment and I re-upped my lease for another year um, the last week, I, it drives me nuts that my ex is in a house that her parents like bought for her. And meanwhile, I have an apartment, even though the square footage is uh, ironically almost identical. Uh, it makes me feel insecure. So my daughter had a speech appointment and I, I told my ex that I was just going to drop her off at her house. And she said, why don't I just come pick her up? And I said, no, it's fine. I'll drop her off. And she said, did you move? Like, I've never even seen the apartment. And I'm like, okay, like, I guess I got to work through some stuff. But I was very close to texting her the real reason. And then I said, you know what? It's not sounding, but it's none of her business. And she she wouldn't care about that. So she didn't care about my feelings back then. She's not going to care about it now. So I'm just trying to change that uh, that feeling, that uh, inadequacy, you know, that I feel with it. But you know, more will be revealed. So I just wanted to to say that because this is a yeah. honest podcast. So just something that I'm working through. Yeah. Well, um, you you know, and it goes without saying, that our material possessions do not make who we are. You know? Right. Yeah, and it's I mean it's plenty of plenty of space for. Or my daughter has honestly her her side of the house or apartment is actually bigger than even the the master bedroom. So it's like I just let her let her run the whole place whenever she's there. So yeah, look at me and Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> we we can't even the, afford our own apartment. Yeah, well, the home's where the heart is. So. Today, we're talking about uh, not fitting in something that I think the very first time that I spoke in a meeting without even knowing, I said a prayer before I spoke. And the big takeaway was that I felt like I didn't fit in. And it's something a lot of people have in common. Not everybody. Some people are like, oh, I felt like I fit in right from the start. But I know for me, I had a issue with it. Do you guys want me to start and then you can take it or the other way around? Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, go okay. So uh, the questions that I sent you guys, I'm just going to hit on some of them. When I was younger, I always felt like I didn't fit in. And that's why I think I gravitated towards the arts uh, of chorus, drama and band and like music, because those are places where you really you fit in by not fitting in. So you fit in with a group that feels like they're outsiders, like a lot of times. Um, and that's where I felt comfortable. But as soon as I graduated high school, I went to a college that didn't really have many groups. It wasn't, they did have the arts and stuff, but not like theater. It wasn't my major, everything else. So, when I was in college, I kind of, I threw myself into it, but I kind of floundered with it until I started having drinks. And then I felt like I totally fit in. I felt like I 
I guess could be who like I could be the life of the party when I had drinks and I felt like a place was made for me. Um, you know, feeling alone in a crowd. Absolutely. I would always feel like that. Um, and it was the first, I would say five or six years of drinking were great. Then it became, I was drinking unlike anybody else around me. So I would have to then find people that were doing different drugs and I would be drinking, they would be doing drugs. And we, I guess would be able to let loose if you will. And I could, I would feel like they weren't judging me and I wouldn't be judging them. And then towards the end, I felt like even those people, like I just had to be by myself and that I was the only person that got me until I came into the rooms and somebody told something that was my story in that however they felt like they were drinking and uh, why they were, I could relate to a lot of the emotions of it. You know, um, some of those friends that I had towards the end of my drinking, uh, like I still talk to surprisingly enough, this many years sober coming into my eighth year, God willing in September, uh, the friends that were like, Oh yeah, you know, you're not drinking now, but you'll, you'll come back. Like it went through a wave of, they didn't think it was going to work because I don't know what the percentage is, but it's super low of people that we've even stay sober for a year. And so they were right in thinking that if you, if you count the odds, it's not going to work because it's a lot of work. It is a tremendous, you have to take your mind and you have to flip it upside down, or at least I did. Um, so now I do have some of those friends again that are still doing their thing. I just, I set up boundaries. So if they're drinking everything else, if they have a couple drinks, then I'm cool hanging out with them. But when, once they start drinking alcoholically, I'm like, Hey, I'm I, like, I'm good. I'm good with it. And I set up boundaries and I say, Hey, don't call me after this time. So I still have those people in my life uh, because I want to make sure that if God still is putting them in my life and they're uh, agreeing to the boundaries that I'm setting, then maybe there's a reason. Maybe I'm being used as a channel with, uh, you know, attraction rather than promotion. And they're seeing things happen in my life that are good or things happening that are bad. But my perception and how I react to them being good, you know, whether it's any anything that's crazy. It's like, I don't know how you made it through that. I look at that as maybe that's uh, eye opening, you know, and I have a lot of people in my life that say things like that. So maybe it's good. I don't know. You know, is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. But um, today I do feel like I, I fit in, but that's because I make myself fit in. So I don't just sit on the outside in a meeting. If there's nobody cheering, I step up and I sit down and I, I chair, you know, you, you nobody, did that this week or last week. Yeah. If, if nobody's sharing, but I think you need to like, I know I need to do that. How about that? I need to do that. Or I will feel like, you know what? maybe I don't have to go to meetings and there's millions of people that are sober and feel like they don't have to go to meetings. But I know 
when I'm not going to a meeting, I'm not connecting with you guys, the further away from that, I just feel like I'm thinking about myself too much. But when I'm doing this outside of sharing, I can promise, you know, in the next 20 seconds, I'm not going to be thinking about myself. I'm going to be thinking about Dennis and James and my appreciation uh, for what the last two and a half years, especially with defective characters has been. So that's my share and I'm sticking to it. Dennis. Woohoo. Yeah. I mean, I can totally relate to what you said or at the beginning of the share where whenever I was younger, I definitely felt different. You know, I came from, you know, I was a triplet in a house of four. So like there was a, from a young age, there was like this urge to find like my own identity where I wasn't like, like my siblings, right? Like my brother was into sports. My sister was like kind of smart and I kind of gravitated to arts. So it was like this urge to like be different. But then by the time I got into like high school, middle school and stuff, I wanted to fit in more. I felt like I didn't fit in. And then so like getting into the drugs and the alcohol, like kind of got me into a group where like we all fit in. You know, we all had this common denominator where we like to party and like skip school and all that kind of stuff. And then I kind of fell in, but it still had that awkward feeling of like I had to try to fit in, you know, if that makes sense. You know, it's like I found a group of people that I wanted to fit into that I felt like I could fit into, but I still felt like I had to work at trying to fit in. And then like when I got really into drinking, like more drinking than the drugging like the alcohol was definitely like the kind of that superpower it's like once I felt drunk all those thoughts and feelings went away you know I fit in anywhere I could be more outgoing more of the life of the party and stuff but we all know where that turns into you know that's not sustainable it doesn't last and it's not real um so I think like whenever I uh like quit and stuff I obviously became a lot more agoraphobic because of the anxiety and a lot more introverted and like hiding and isolated um but then when I came into AA like before I came into AA I definitely had that feeling where I was like I don't fit in to AA like that's not for me you know I think I have a idea what it's about and that's just not where I belong but then once I like went to the first meeting and like had that experience of where like, wow, these people obviously know what I'm going through and they've made it through it. So maybe I should listen to them. Then I kind of felt like, okay, I found a place where I belong. And then, you know, as time went on, you know, and like I kind of dried out a little bit and like, got more comfortable and started talking to people. And then I started making friends, you know, making friends with like my sponsor and uh, other younger people. And then James finally came in and um, like we became like quick friends really quick. And then finally like met Mike and started hanging out and these friends developed over time. So now it's a point where I don't have to try to fit in I just am and if I don't fit in with someone that's okay 
I don't need to try to do that, you know, and then my friends will accept me for all my flaws and everything anyways. But um, I wanted to touch on something that I am drawing a blank on real quick, but I think um, one thing that I've noticed is that like whenever I was younger, right. And in high school, you see it a lot in the movies and stuff where we have these cliques, right. You have the, the rocker people, the stoner people, the preppies, the jocks and all of that kind of stuff. And these cliques just kind of artificially form. And so like you only hang out with people that you think are like-minded with you because you have the same superficial like interest or whatever. But in AA, those kind of boundaries go away, right? So, like, if you look at all of our friends, we have some things that are in common, but we have a lot more things that are not in common, right? From age to background to religions and beliefs to, to like, interest and everything. Like, we know a smorgasbord of people. And but we all get along and we all fit in together because obviously that, that common denominator of our alcoholism, but we also learn to not be so judgmental. And we also know that like the others learn not to be judgmental because we try to put principles over personality. And I think like for someone like me, that's like the best way or best kind of situation for me to actually feel like I fit in where I can have that urge like I had when I was younger to be different and be myself, but still feel accepted in being able to fit in without effort, you know, because we're all different and we all accept each other, which is why we fit in, you know, but I'm rambled enough. What do you think, James? I think this is a great topic. Um, Personally, you know, ever since I was little, <clears throat> you know, I had the, the scarcity complex. Like, I never had enough, and I never had the coolest things, so I could never fit in with everything. And, you know, even when I got the coolest stuff, it was fleeting, and I was, it was just, oh, he's got a, a better snowboard than me. His car is better than me, you know. And it was just hard to fit in um, because – I was never grateful for what I had or I didn't like the way I looked, stuff like that. Um, You know, but like much like you guys, you know, you find alcohol and drugs and you kind of you fit in pretty quickly um, when you're inebriated. And um, I'd like to touch in when I first came into the rooms in my early 20s, you know, I did not feel like I fit in at Alcoholics Anonymous. I felt like that this was just, you know, I I guess they have a way for me to get sober, but I didn't, I saw like much in high school, I saw clicks. I was like, oh, here we go again. Why are they so happy? Why are they going on fishing trips and not inviting me? What, what do I have to do? (laughs) And ultimately I couldn't, I couldn't get sober. And I, even though I, I had a sponsor who was caring and I had people who invited me places, I, I just never fit in. Cause ultimately I wasn't being, I wasn't working an honest program. So I was, you know, still drinking and then going to meetings. And of course you're not going to fit in because all these people are sober and enjoying life. And meanwhile, I'm lying to them. Like, how could I, 
ever fit in that way. Um, and then, you know, I came into the rooms five years ago for the last time, hopefully, God willing. And, you know, I, a couple things come to mind now. Um, you know, I've, I've got God in my life and God through God in the program, I have learned to trust and, and to be grateful. So I trust that God is going to put people in my life that are going to help me be the best person I can be. People who care about me and will be there for me. I trust that God will do that because I've got integrity today. And I'm grateful for all the things that I have, how far he's gotten me. My sponsor likes to say that God has not rescued me from a sinking ship only to beat me up on the shores of the beach. And what I mean by that is I've come this far. I've got almost five years of sobriety. I need to be grateful for all the things that I've been blessed with and grateful for the friends that do come into my life and are mainstays. And I have to trust that everything around me is the way that God wants it to be. And if I, you know, start to falter or do things um, in a less a lesser way than God would have me, you know, I'm because I'm sober and right-minded today, I'm reminded quickly that, you know, this is not the right path. And I have friends who, who tell me that, you know, maybe you shouldn't go this way. I mean, Mike, you're, you're great at calling and asking for advice and just sharing what's going on in your life. You know, you're perfect example of, um, a friend who can, who trusts me to ask me. And when I don't know something, I'll tell you, but if I go, if I've gone through it, then, you know, I'll let, well, this is what I've gone through. It might work for you. It might not. So it's, it's nice to, to fit in today because mainly because of friends like you, I feel like that just the three of us will be friends forever. I can see us, you know, in our fifties, 70s even like like old man steve and you know just talking having fun together you know i definitely feel like i I fit in today and it's because of god and it's because of the program so thanks for letting me share indeed we'll be friends as long as you don't break my toys <laughs> no, you can break your toys. You better, you better put some polyurethane on your toys then, so that I'm break. Shine <laughs> those suckers up, Dennis. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. Sorry. <laughs> okay. What? Sorry. That's that's not. That was inappropriate. I apologize. Did you, did you did you remember what you were gonna share a little bit ago, or is it out? The fleeting thought. Oh yeah, that was that's what I touched on at the end there okay. of like fitting in and being different. Gotcha. And still fitting okay. in. Well, good. Well, I have a feeling the next week is going to be fantastic because remember, life is all about the ten percent what happens to you and ninety percent what you do with it, right? How you react. Yeah. How you? Right? Yeah. I don't know how people come up with those percentages either. It's like it sounds good. <laughs> it sounds good, right? Because yeah. you've heard that before, correct? Yeah, yeah. Or how about this? Some jabroni that goes, "I gave it a hundred ten percent." Hey, dumb. <laughs> okay, because not, not on the back. 
but not in the science class. Yeah, clearly somebody, you know, that bought some Cracker Jacks and realized there was no prize at the bottom, you know. Just Oh, I, I can I complain for a second? Uh, yeah, get on your soapbox. What do you got? When we when we were growing up, right, and all the movies and all the cartoons and stuff, they talked about the Cracker Box toy and how magnificent it was and how they'd get, like, kazoos and, like, uh, decoder rings and stuff like that. But by the time, like, in our generation, the Cracker Box, all you got was, like, a stick on the stamp, like a, a, a rub-on tattoo or something. You know, we didn't never get what the cool toys that our parents got. And I feel kind of ripped off. Well, I think it's because of how expensive things came over time, you know? Well, yeah, I know that, but they can't. I wanted That's a decoder wild. ring and I never got one. I they never still, liked, they still never liked Cracker Jacks at all. Well, they're not good. That's why they had to put toys in them. You know, they still <laughs> give out decoder rings in two Where? Days. Where? North and South Dakota. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> they, but they just call them rings. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Oh okay. boy! That's that's. Dude, I'll, I'll give you props on that one. You had to come up with that pretty quick, and it was pretty witty. Hey, hey, hey you want to you want a daily dad joke that you you shouldn't tell anybody? <laughs> as long as it's Ready? not racist. What do you? It's not. Wait. Uh, what do you what do you call a dog that has no legs? What? Nothing. What's the point? If you call him, he's not going to come anyway. Oh my god! <laughs> Poor puppy. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's it. That's like I said, right on time, right, James? I love right, it. Right on time. We'll be back <laughs> next Thursday, sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you with episode one twenty nine with effective characters entirely ready to have these character defects removed. Remember, life's full of fitting rooms. Just find one that fits. And <laughs> see you next time. <laughs>